Hello, and welcome to Good Film Hunting, the podcast where two sisters living in different parts of the country talk with family and friends about their favorite movies. Today we have um, a recent release and a very special guest, so I will let Eleanor introduce both. All right, so what we are talking about today is Paddington 2, the delightful, charming Paddington 2. Um, but our guest today is Jen Metz, who it's weird to think about, but I have known for almost 12 years. So this is crazy. We, we have several podcasts in a row with people we've known for more than a decade. Um, Jen was my freshman year roommate at Notre Dame in Tabernacle. And Jen, tell us a little bit about yourself. Hi, everyone. Uh, my name is Jen Metz. Uh, I'm a producer uh, who lives in New York. Um, I play the ukulele for fun, and I love hanging out with the Huntington sisters. Yes. We have so much fun. Yeah. But Annie's never had the joy of attending one of your ukulele concerts. Well, that'll have to change, obviously. Oh, duh. Nah. It's so Brooklyn, Annie. You'd love it. (laughs) Everybody loves Brooklyn. I mean, no, really, I did love Brooklyn. I thrived in Brooklyn. That I can believe. <laughs> I fell apart in Manhattan, but I did real well in Brooklyn. <laughs> um, okay, so our first segment here on Good Film Hunting is to talk about a favorite pop culture thing from this past week or something you've read or watched. Um, does anyone want to start? Hmm. Um, I can definitely start because yesterday... I went to a podcast taping for Pod Saves America as part of Pod Towards America. I went with two friends, or one friend in particular of the two who's, like, very into podcasts. She probably listens to, on average, like, 70 a week, which no. I don't understand. That, that's not even humanly possible. Yeah, how does she have time for that? Honestly, I find Tiffany fascinating because she also, she's a TV writer, but she also reads more than, reads novels more than anyone I know and it's the type of thing we were talking at dinner last night she owns over 700 books in her Los Angeles apartment wait what operated in the Kindle ebook world but I'm like I possibly own in Los Angeles outside of books from grad school maybe eight books and those are ones that have been given to me by like mom that I'll eventually read and then give to someone else right for sure the concept of 700 books in a physical space coming from New York real estate is mind-blowing to me. Well, she said it's her primary decoration, too, which okay. I, I also believe. But, okay, so we were at Pod Saves America, and it was a, it was fun. The two guests that they had, or technically three guests, but they had Jimmy Kimmel as a guest, and it was at the Dolby Theater, which was cool because that's where they do the Oscars, and I was, like, freaking out. But I didn't know that he, because they were asking him about this, like, clip he did about DACA recipients recently, which I didn't know about. So I was like, okay, I have to look that up. But Annie, you would, like, both love this and hate this. So John Legend was the other guest. And Chrissy Teigen also came out, like, as a surprise. And she's utterly charming. No, Um, I know that. I like Chrissy Teigen. I've grown to really love her. I was was on the fence at first, but charming. I was yeah. skeptical of her. Yeah, I was. I'll admit that. Well, but uh, I'm, I'm, a con- I'm a convert, definitely. And one of the things that they were talking about is how they played this, like, fake, like, oh, not-so-newlywed game. And 
they were like, what is the thing that most bothers you about Sean? And she, she was like, he, she's like, I get heated all the time. And he's just like, calm all the time. And he was like, ah, I am. And then it was like, everything was so funny like that. But he also performed a few songs. And what I loved, and this is like my top thing, is there's very few artists I've found who sound exactly the same. Mm. Five. Five. And he 100% sounds the same but better and i was like i'm impressed um he performed all of me which is annie's like most hated anthem i hate that um, song so, so much <laughs> no like literally hate it i but, can see that I mean, it was that. pretty great it was pretty great so yeah that was my thing of the week is john legend performing live which was a treat that's awesome yeah um so, okay, so mine is kind of, it's a long story to get there. I mean, not really. But so last night I was babysitting our goddaughter, um, and I had so much fun playing with her, and then she went to bed. So I had, like, in my mind, because it's on HBO, to watch Get Out, because I hadn't seen it, and it's, like, been nominated for a bunch of Oscars, and I was like, cool, okay. Enjoyed it, but I was, like, watching it by myself, so I was, like, entirely freaked out. I was like, I can't handle anything more. So I, like, went on Netflix, and I was like, I don't even know what to watch right now. Like, I need something. So I started watching Stepsisters, the the Netflix movie about, like, sorority step teams. Um, And it's, like, a little bit too fun. It's, like, a mix of, like, House Bunny and, like, Stomp the Yard with, like, a little bit of, I don't know, Bring It On thrown in there. Like, it's kind of fun. Uh, all right. I'll, I'll take your recommendation on that. I, I saw the picture, the little thumbnail, and I, I had to click away when I was Netflix surfing this week. Yeah, no, it's, like, it's kind of fun. It's, like, really silly, but you're like, ha I don't have to think about this. All right. Um, so I've actually, if you can't tell from my voice a little bit, I've been homesick for most of the week. I was visiting Eleanor last weekend, and she took it a little, we did a little too many activities, I think, <laughs> and I fell you apart. accurate amount of activities. There's a lot of dancing, a lot of hiking, a lot of sun, I couldn't handle it. So I've been um, doing a lot of Netflixing myself, and my proudest accomplishment is that I finally watched the original Paddington uh, after seeing the Charming and Delightful Paddington 2. Yes, which brings us back to Paddington 2. Right, lovely segue. Way to go, Jen. You must, like, work in entertainment and television (laughs) or something. So, Jen, please tell us, as our guest, what... Tell us your synopsis on this movie. And, like, normally we'd ask guests, like, why they picked this movie from childhood. But for you, like, why did you, A, agree to go see this movie with me without any context? Um from Paddington, and then what were your initial responses to this film? So, why did I agree to go see it? Um, It seemed like a pretty tame activity for us to do. Um, (laughs) And I've heard good things. It's, you know, obviously there's a lot of hype on Rotten Tomatoes and other, um, you know, blogs and and things about Paddington 2, so I was a little curious. So when he suggested it, I was like, sure, I'll go see a movie about an animated bear. Fine. Um, so Paddington 2 opens, we find our lovable Paddington happily at home with the Brown family in London, uh, but we know that that can't forever, um, because, uh, he always gets into little capers, 
And his main goal is to get a birthday gift for his beloved Aunt Lucy, who's at the Home for Retired Bears back home in darkest Peru. Um, and this, this gift that he wants to get her is a pop-up book of London, the city she was never able to visit but always wanted to. It's very sweet. However, right when Paddington has enough money saved up to purchase this precious popping book, uh, a mysterious thief takes off with it, accused of the crime, uh, sent to prison and uh, makes some, some friends along the way but has to find a way to, to clear his name. And get his precious book for um, the villain this time is a, a particularly lovable Hugh Grant as a yes. um, particularly lovable, I think, in this role um, as the washed up former actor who, who happens to live in the in the Browns neighborhood and sees this bear as a, the perfect fall man for him. Uh, who has his own reasons for for stealing the pop-up book. Um, the Browns do their best to uh, to save Paddington, and uh, there's some particularly nice musical numbers in a London jailhouse. So Oh, agreed. Uh, uh, yeah. Apparently Hugh Grant was nominated for a BAFTA for his role, which I feel like is definitely deserved. Definitely his best role in a long time. Oh, I think he also looked like he was enjoying himself and I'm starting to appreciate more and more um, watching people age, both men and women actors and all of a sudden them feeling as if they can't truly experiment and enjoy themselves. Like, I feel like once Nicole Kidman hit 50, she was like, I'm going to be a fucking badass and like essentially has taken on such challenging roles um, more so than she ever did even when she was, like, 38 or 40 and being like, I'm concerned because I'm going to old. Um, and they clearly are enjoying themselves. It's anyway. true. Yeah, there's de- definitely, you can definitely see that in, uh, in Hugh's performance. His, like, he was smiling the whole time, even though he's, you know, supposed to be this terrible villain. Um, but it, it all worked for, for him. And the... I know you appreciate this as well, but my favorite part of the film, I think, was the interior of his apartment, just decorated with headshots and promo glamour shots of Hugh through the years. And it was uh, definitely something for the adults in the audience to enjoy. Oh, agreed. A hundred percent. He was excellent. There are so many excellent parts. Okay. But Annie, tell us, like, what, what stood out to you from this movie? What did you enjoy? Um... Because we both loved the previous Paddington. Like, we had a history with this. Right. And I know for me, and I loved so much because it talked about xenophobia in a real way. It was also really beautiful to see Lord Grantham in an interesting light. And, um, well, in literally anything. And I also, it's interesting now that I think about this. This is, at least in my mind, the second time Hugh Bonville and Grant have been in a movie together. Because they were both in Notting Hill. Do you remember that? Oh, right. Right. Yeah. And, um, but one of the things I do really appreciate about this movie series is that the kids do look age appropriate and they behave as I would assume kids that age behave. Um, that was something that really stuck out to me in Paddington. And also, they're not like beautiful child, like beautiful children. One thing that does kind of bother me about films is that 
they picked like truly supermodel children. And I was like, these kids, like, they're fine looking, but they're very average. Yeah. I'm sure those poor kids would love to hear that. But I, but you're right. You're right. They they look like a normal family. They act like a normal family. Um, and they do a good job, those kids, of like portraying the real like concerns that kids have that age, like J-Dog, like trying to be cool, hiding your like true passion for steam trains and, you know, sister suffering from a strong case of embarrassment in the original Paddington. Um, I think they do a good job of, of really uh, being honest about what it's like to be a, a kid growing up, especially a kid in a, in a bit of a different family. Yeah. Well, okay, number one, Eleanor, I love how you, like, started asking me a question, and then we're like, nope. <laughs> and then we segued into other Yes. Answers. I don't even know what the question was for you, Anna. Oh, no, it was like, she wanted me to connect my love, or, like, what stuck out for me in Paddington 2, um, because we liked Paddington 1 so much. I just, like, wanted to point that out to Eleanor. I was like, you, like, you, like, pa, I, it was just very funny. Um, so... What I really enjoyed about Paddington 1, I do think that it dealt with, like, real-life issues and, like, put it into um, a context where, like, kids can understand, like, something as, you know, crazy as xenophobia. Um, But it definitely is one of those things. I think that the first one, in terms of that, was more, like, political. This movie, I think Paddington 2, I mean, maybe minus a a real look at the criminal justice system, (laughs) um, is, is kind of, it's less politically minded, which is not necessarily a bad thing. Like it was still entertaining, whatever. To an extent I would disagree because I do think what it does is humanize people who are in prison. And I, especially when we consider this movie at its core, though it has adult audiences who kind of adulate it, it is for kids and follow up with our dear friend of the pod, Greg. Um, But there does seem to be something to be said about humanizing prisoners for young audiences and, like, having them realize, like, oh, yeah, like, they've done bad things as kids do. Like, obviously, Paddington's not perfect. He makes mistakes all the time, but there is still value to I think that is a muted political statement. Yes. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I did, I I thought it was good. Like, I'm like, don't get me wrong. Like, I don't know. I mean, but also prison was kind of, yes, it humanizes criminals, but like at the same time, it like also just was made them look kind of silly. Right, it does paint a very unrealistic picture, I guess, of what real prison is like, but I do understand Eleanor's point. I think because I didn't see the original Paddington and I, I didn't come into this movie expecting it to have, you know, a deeper, you know, being a deeper allegory for some sort of moral lesson. Right. Um, I just enjoyed it at face value as like this zany, you know, movie with this crazy little bear who loves marmalade and like yes the prison was ridiculous but that is part of what made the movie to me so entertaining right right and I mean I think that and we talk about this like kind of frequently on this podcast is like how often like movies 
recently have been like getting, you know, political and whatever and like how that's good in some ways, but like also not, you know, like some movies should just be entertaining, you know, but that's how I, I did find this movie very entertaining and I do think Hugh Grant did a great job. Um, it was all, okay. Brendan Gleeson. I thought Brendan Gleeson as Knuckles was phenomenal. That, I, I enjoyed Knuckles so much. Well, who was as Knuckles? The, the uh, cook. The prison cook. Uh, oh. Who leads the, leads the escape. Yeah. Oh, I loved him. And it was, I think it is so, to a certain extent, there's elements of it that are so accurate. And it's this whole idea that we are just, we're scared of knowledge sharing, especially, again, pointing to the fact that this movie is for very young audiences. The idea that you can share information about yourself, reason someone has acted negative. They're taking advantage, they're taking advantage of that information. Taking advantage of the information, but also, like, it's embarrassing at a certain stage to not recognize what you're supposed to be doing or not, you don't want to make changes or you act in a mean way because you're scared of other people's thoughts. Like, I thought Brendan Gleeson played that so well because he was very tough, but then there was this such vulnerability, particularly when he's, like, hiding in the kitchen when they're all trying the marmalade sandwiches. And he's right. like, yes. out and he, and he, like, vacillates between the two in such a strong way. It's very genuine and has a learning moment in terms of empathy building. Right. I read lots of parenting books on empathy building. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Eleanor. Yeah, it's what I do best. <laughs> Elder like loves loves parenting books, which I'm sure she yeah told she you. she told me about that this weekend, and um, I I wasn't surprised. I, I stopped being surprised at Eleanor's interests, but uh. well, part of it it stemmed originally because I work with lots of people with who have small children, and then they're like, oh, like I don't have time to read these books, and I was like, I can read them and give you synopsis, and then it works because I reading a lot of kind of business and leadership books just for fun and the ideas between them are identical fascinating it was like if if i wanted to be like in grad school studying like and come up with an interesting like dissertation topic it would be essentially we're teaching business books the same thing as like what we're advocating towards parenting um but there, it's honestly just a way to like think about like how do people operate and how do we recognize differences and then help people become their best selves. So I'm, like I love reading parenting books. I find them so useful, even for myself. Get it? <laughs> you but are yeah. just like so strange. I mean, like love you dearly, but what? What are you talking about? Why does that make me strange? You're. In- Posing judgment values, BT dubs, but oh my gosh, yeah, terrible. Right, we don't we don't judge people for being different here on the Paddington Two podcast. Okay? <laughs> Everyone can be their own marmalady self. Exactly. Okay. Also, I have to talk about how the 
because of the Paddington series. I mean, I enjoyed Sally Hawkins in, like, Happy Go Lucky, and I've seen her in a short film, and, like, she's consistently good in whatever she's in. But I think I, part of the reason I enjoyed Shape of Water as much as I did, which... Oh, you finally saw it, which is good. Is because I love her in Paddington. Really? Yeah, I think that's part of the reason where I'm, like, totally on board with her as an idea. Yeah, I mean, I... She kind of annoys me. In Paddington? I mean, in like, general? in general. Why? I think... I think. I thought she was great in Paddington. She's, I like, think, just what you would want in a mom, I think. I think to the point earlier I made about kids, but I like her as an actress, and she's not... And I, she would be the first person to admit this. Is like, she's not traditionally attractive, but she adds so much value and has such screen presence that I think it's affirming in that sense as well that to fit a particular mold in order to be important. I think that there's value to that. Yeah. Well, I guess. I mean, I don't know. (laughs) I feel like I really liked this movie when I first saw it, and now I'm just like, meh. (laughs) Like, it didn't stick with me much. But, I mean, that being said, my students really liked this movie. Why do you think they enjoyed it so much? Um, I think that they enjoyed it. I mean, there's the obvious, like, fun bear piece of this. Um... But, I mean, I don't know. I think that they're interested in, like, London. I think that they're interested in different parts of the world. They, like, really care about animals, like, too much. They're, like, obsessed. Um, So, I don't know. I mean, I think that they thought it was funny, which is good. Because, I mean, it was. It was entertaining. Um, Yeah. I don't know. They liked it. A bunch of them have seen it. But that being said, a bunch of them did like it. At the same time, we recently went around the room and, like, talked about what our favorite movies of this year were, and almost all of them said Jumanji. Hmm. Yeah, they, like... Did you see Jumanji? I haven't haven't seen Jumanji yet. I was terrified of the movie Jumanji as a child, Um, so I'm a little scarred. I'm a little scarred. I know I I would love it. I know I would love it. Um, Also, does Nick Jonas looks outstanding yeah he's like so fine in this movie yeah he's definitely my favorite Jonai. definitely um so it's on the list uh i'll see it eventually also i didn't know i was a jack black i was talking to co-workers about this recently like jumanji and kung fu panda and all of these things i didn't realize was a jack black super fan until recently but i think he's so funny like he was so good in goosebumps um okay but so paddington paddington's so good and i really love the intentionality behind a multiracial presenting a multiracial London. Um, okay, Annie. I also this is really important. I like gasped immediately when I saw it in theaters with Jen, so she's aware of this. But did you immediately recognize neighbor, the one who lives with without clean windows and is very sad, but then his windows are cleaned and then he finds love? Did you recognize him? Yes or no? I mean, I did, but I couldn't remember from what. 
Oh my gosh, I freaked out. He's the butler from Prince and Me, and I'm really glad he has a job again. Because he's so good. Oh my gosh, he is. Wait, that's so funny. That is so funny. That movie, really, okay, Prince and Me came out in 2014. He, he also did not eat at all. I was what? Just, Prince and Me only came out in 2014? 2004, 2004. My okay, thank you. Probably. I have to correct for the podcast audience. That was, <laughs> fake. that was false. Okay. Jen, did you ever listen to our podcast episode about Prince and Me featuring Bob? He, it was so great. Wait, feature, <laughs> featuring the Bob Huntington? The Bob no, Huntington. I'm going to have to add that add that to the list. And it was recorded at the Grove, so it was like all of his favorite things. Oh Huntington. my gosh. Good film hunting live from the Grove? Yeah. <laughs> Good film live from the Grove. And Jen got to see the Grove. It was a really I, I was overwhelmed by the Grove. Wait, see, really? Every time I've... Every time I've gone, gone to visit Eleanor in LA, as you pointed out to me um, this weekend, I have come with a pre-planned activity uh, itinerary that's just jam-packed with things that I think I'm supposed to do when I go to LA. Uh, she's rolling her eyes uh, for those watching it, <laughs> not watching her camera, uh, listening at home. Um, had Eleanor pick my activities, and one of them was the Grove, and it was so magical and fun and. So I was just like looking up at, at all the lights and people and was in awe of the trolley car that went to nowhere. It was it was great. Oh yeah. Did you see any celebrities? Every time I'm there I see celebrities. Yeah, she was telling me, like, I didn't see anyone, but I, I'm a jaded New Yorker. I see celebrities on the street all the time and I I, I just stopped noticing them. That's so yeah. funny. I'm really I added noticing them. Alas. Um no, but no, Paddington 2 is so perfect. I was in such a, like, I left the theater in such a good mood. I wanted to, I, like, skipped after that movie. Like, I physically wanted to skip. I was so happy. Well, and what I think, I have to really own up to the fact that, like, ending something on a musical number is the how every movie, movie that should ends end. Yeah. could end. Because Agreed. that final number with Hugh Grant singing and dancing which was so extraneous to the plot and beyond unnecessary. Um, but at the same time, so necessary for to heal my heart. <laughs> um, and every time, like, I just only should watch musicals. I'm starting to realize. Right. Yeah, I oh, felt really, sure. I felt really, really bad for the people that left the theater before that number even started. Yeah, what were... Always wait through the credits, people. Always wait through the credits. Yeah. What were they doing? So foolish. So foolish. Agreed. Ugh. It was very fun to watch that scene. It really was. And I'm, I'm actually, I'm very glad that we saw it in theaters. There was something magical to me about entering that universe, like, in a lovely stadium seat, like, huge theater. Um I didn't get the same kind of feeling when I watched the original Paddington at home. I think seeing the over-the-top musical, having it uh, uh, like on the big screen, it really was so immersive and joyful to, to watch. It was a great, you know, two hours. Yeah, it really was. Okay, so we end our discussion of our movies um, by talking about whether or not this is a movie that children should see today and why or why not. So, thoughts? Well, I think Eleanor and I are very pro-Paddington 2. Um, yes, <laughs> you guys are. <laughs> We're extremely pro-Paddington 2, so yes, I think children of all ages, adults too, 
um, should see Paddington too. Though I, I don't necessarily see the same social, um, you know, lessons or, or empathy triggering, you know, lessons that Eleanor may see in the, <laughs> in the deeper, the deeper meaning of Paddington too, but just for the pure, this is why pure family so fun joy. Study. Right. <laughs> so funny definitely worth it yeah Eleanor I mean I would say universally I think everyone should watch this and particularly I would say because existing in contemporary America is exhausting and it's it's one of those things I was thinking about today you really do there is something new to be genuinely angry about every single week and I'm not even talking anymore about like so long the media was accused of creating unnecessary um crises uh, to drive viewership and I think that was true to a certain extent but now especially with crises happening at least once a week and um reading about horrible court cases that have really impacted hundreds of lives throughout the country, throughout the world, I do think there is something so valuable about adults seeing this movie. Obviously, as Jen has pointed out, I think this movie is forming, framing, and understanding young audiences, but there is something about a sense of escape that really comes across in Paddington, too. Okay. Um, I mean, I would have kids see this movie. I think that in terms of children's movies that are coming out today, it's like one of the smarter ones. I get really upset at children's movies that come out because they generally assume the audience to be pretty dim-witted. <laughs> like, I don't know. Anyway, so I, I like this movie in that sense. Um, again, like my students did enjoy it, so it would keep kids um, engaged. So, yeah, I mean, I think they should see it. Okay, so Annie, before we continue on, I do want to interrogate one element of what you just said. Okay. Um, I would agree with it, the fact that so many movies assume dumb audiences, particularly assuming dumb audiences for childhood audiences. Yes. Do you think the fact that this, what does it say about the fact that this is a British film, film? Well, I mean, the the British education system, I, I mean, if we're, like, going to go that, like, route, I would say that the British education system is significantly better, particularly for young children, and they just, like, probably, I mean, I think they put a better emphasis on, well, es especially in their early childhood classrooms, on intentionality in terms of, like, diversity and seeing different people, um, and because, like, working on those empathy skills. So it truthfully just kind of mirrors our education system. I also think that the United Kingdom plays off of their like rich history a lot, you know, like they have a very, um, not only rich history, but like a really defined culture that like shows through in this movie. Um, you know, with like even just the tea shop that kind of pops up in the prison, like that's a very like quintessentially, British tea shop with quintessentially British baked goods, you know? Um, 
Well, yeah, and even the whole, you know, the whole treasure hunt is like London's famed landmarks. Right, like they're exactly. Using the culture as a vehicle to, you know, lead, you know, the, the, the treasure is found only after seeing all of these cultural gems. Like that, that says something about preserving culture and about exactly value. Agreed. And I feel like if this movie had been like made in the United States, there would have been like many more like fart jokes or like, and then the bear pooped, you know? And it's like, that's not funny. Like that's, that's not funny to me. It's like something that people feel vulnerable about and then uncomfortable. And so they laugh, but I don't think people actually find it funny. You know what I'm talking about? Um, or it's not actual humor. So, I don't know. I guess I'm kind of a, hu- a humor snob, though. That's what I've been told, because I, like, feel this way. It's fine. No, but I, I do actually really like the very specific point you made about fart jokes and poop jokes, because I don't recall any from here. And I would agree with you. Granted, like, I think our mom in particular never thought fart jokes were funny, so, like, whenever we watched stuff with her and anything happened, she'd be like, what a shame that they've ruined this scene. And we yes. Were like, so I, I do think she kind of geared us up to be anti that, if that makes any sense. Um, to Jen's point about like showing off all the landmarks of London, we don't often do that in American films anymore. Like even if we think about that really explore cities. I would say the 90s was very good at exploring New York in New York City in and then we had like National Treasure which was obviously really important for DC landmarks and, and Philadelphia landmarks and I know because I love them. Um, but yeah, no, it's it's true. Like we don't we don't think of celebrating history, celebrating um, the lived experience in American children's films. No, we do not. Oh, wonderful. Okay, well, friends, let's end with our final segment. Where in the world would we go now if we could go anywhere? Well, keeping with the Paddington 2 theme, uh, I think I'd go to Darkest Peru. (laughs) That jungle looks pretty beautiful. (laughs) So I could be convinced to go anywhere, but that's kind of what's on my mind right now. Just Darkest Peru. Just Darkest Peru. Um, I like it. Um, for me, I am in my mind mentally returning. This week I've been thinking a lot about East Africa in my time there. We've had guests in the office from Rwanda and one man from Uganda um, who now lives in Rwanda. And he was telling me this week, it was really big news. Andy, do you remember the the rap duo radio and weasel like i've listened to tons of their songs so i'm uh, sure you have mm, i don't remember talk about it too but so radio what half of this pop duo like this rap duo in uganda who's a huge deal and has been for like over a decade he got into a bar fight recently and then was in the hospital and the president of the country was like paying his medical bills but he died so then, like they live streamed his funeral and so that has put me in the mindset of like, oh, like I, it's crazy to me that it will be 10 years that I left for study abroad this coming August. And so I'm like, I want to go back. That's, That's fair. Um, I think I'm getting really excited about our weekend trip. So San Francisco, I just like needed to be Thursday. I need to like not be 
It's like snowing right now in Chicago. It's like really cold. So like San Francisco's on my mind. Have you reached out to a certain someone there to see if we can podcast about Space Jam? Gosh. While we're there? Stop, Eleanor. Stop. That's a real question. Stop. Anyway. <laughs> you're annoying. Also, also, I think it should be celebrated in Jen. I don't think you're aware Annie found out that she got into Vanderbilt's master's program in education. Oh my gosh. Thanks. And she got tons of money to go too. So Annie has a future and we're very excited for her. That is so exciting. Congratulations. Thank you. It's very nice to, yeah, I feel wanted. Somebody wants me. That was her, like, truly first response was, like, I am wanted. And I was like, yeah, you were always. That's crazy. But th- that's why Paddington feels so nice, because he feels wanted by his family. Exactly. And Annie, you didn't even know. A sense of belonging. Gotta love a sense of belonging. <laughs> well, I'm very proud of you, Annie. That's very Thank exciting. Thank you. Yeah. I'm Natural. excited. I'm all about that life. Okay, well, Eleanor, you do the sign-off. You're much better at it. <laughs> she tells me this every time. Because <laughs> you are. So you can find us on the social medias, um, at Good Film Hunting. We're on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Most prolific on Facebook and Instagram. Annie is taking over an Instagram account because I have deleted myself from the app. Um, this is a terrible sign-off, Annie. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. So too, and then whatever. Um, but please reach out and contact us, and we would love to hear from you, and would love to have you guest, or, or let us know which movies you would love to see profile. Um, and thank you so much to our guest Jen, dialing in from the island of Manhattan. Um, and later today, I hope everyone enjoys the Super Bowl. I know I'll be dancing on, on Sunday afternoons as I do. <laughs> So fun. No booze, no boys, no judgment. No boys, no judgment. Uh, also, what? no booze. It's also no booze. Who was it? Ben or Jared messed it up for you forever. But Jen has also been recently initiated into the cult of dance dance party parties. So now three DD's peers on the line. My life will never be the same. It's so fun. Thanks, ladies, for having me today. Of course. Bye.